Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host, Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for all the spiritual exiles out there looking for faith and spirituality beyond the walls and fences of institutional Christianity. Our guest for this episode may be familiar to those of you who have been following our podcast for a while. Jonathan Duvall is a singer-songwriter living in Nashville who has just released a brand new single and music video called Slave Owner's Gospel. I asked Jonathan to come back on the podcast to talk about this very important piece of work, the message behind it, and the process for how it came about. But before we get to the interview, I'd just like to remind you that you can access all of the content that we're creating and curating for the Accidental Tomatoes community on our website, accidentaltomatoes.com. There you can find every episode of the podcast, as well as a number of thought-provoking articles by our talented team of writers, as well as links to other sources that are inspiring the work that we're all doing together. I'd also like to just quickly note that if you enjoy the content we're producing at Accidental Tomatoes and would be interested in a community of people who are tackling the various ways that deconstruction is reshaping our faith and spiritual journeys, you might want to check out the New Wineskins Faith Community. New Wineskins is an online alternative post-denominational community exploring the various ways that vulnerability and authentic conversation shape the human relationships on which our faith experience is built. We meet every Sunday night, starting with our happy half-hour informal meet-and-greet time at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and then we launch into our conversation of the week from 6.30 to 7.30. Just visit newwineskinsnetwork.org to learn more. I am super grateful to Jonathan Duvall for sitting down with me this past week to talk about his new song, Slave Owner's Gospel, and the important work of anti-racism that the song and the video represent. You'll find links to Jonathan's website, Spotify, and YouTube pages in the show notes for this episode. And as a bonus, we have an extended clip for you to listen to at the end of our interview. So please give a warm Accidental Tomatoes welcome to musician, singer-songwriter, and all-around good dude, Jonathan Duvall. Welcome back to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. Our guest today uh, may be familiar if, for those of you who have kind of been hanging around Accidental Tomatoes world for a while. Um, Jonathan Duvall, friend of the podcast, uh, was with us back in season two and has come back again today to talk about a brand new song that he's got out called Slave Owners Gospel. Jonathan, Welcome back to Accidental Tomatoes. It's so great to have you here, my friend. Thank you, Joe. I'm very happy to be back. Uh, I'm so excited about this. Um, just in case folks uh, didn't hear the episode you were on before, could you get, just give us a quick little introduction? Tell us uh, who you are and what you're doing, and um, and then we'll get into to a little conversation about this uh, amazing new song that you put out into the world. 
Um, yeah, I'm glad you did. I thought for a second you were going to ask me to uh, recap the last episode. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know if I could remember that far back. Um, no, if it was more than a week ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. um, yeah. So uh, my name's Jonathan Duvall. I perform as J Duvall, like the initial J. Um, That's so edgy. I know, right? You know, (laughs) I just can't ever come up with a good band name. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, and I'm a singer-songwriter. My wife and I used to do it together, but I've been doing it solo for a while just because, you know, kids. And uh, I I thought I'd run out of stuff to say musically for a little while, and then all of a sudden I I have things to say again. So I started writing it and, and recording again. That's so cool. And I, I think I remember, I do remember a little bit about um, the last episode without having to go back and re-listen. We, but, but I think we talked about that a little bit though, that, that you kind of hit a dry spell for a while mm-hmm. um, as far, you know, creatively, which happens. Um, and then there was, you know, kind of something clicked sort of in the middle of pandemic. Right. And um, you started doing sort of virtual house shows and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started doing these like, uh, and I still do them, uh, but monthly, zoom um conversations where we like pick difficult topics and 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 talk about them uh and just explore which is like my favorite thing to do so i i still i love the concept uh of of just you know kind of centering conversation around music and art and all of that it's um it's such a cool cool thing you're doing um this song um slave owners gospel so you released it on april 22nd is that is that the right date yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah. And, um, we recording that was like just a few days ago. Yeah. Just a few <laughs> days ago. It'll be, it'll be a little more than that by the right. time this, um, episode comes out. But, um, but I, you know, I told you when I, when I texted you after I heard the song, like as soon as I heard it and saw the video and we're going to, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, um, I was just like, we've got to have Jonathan back on the podcast to talk about this song. It's just so, so powerful. So tell us a little bit about like this idea of the slave owner's gospel. How did that, how did that song come about? Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it really started for me. Um, I want to say it was sometime in late 2018. It could have been early 2019 when I read, uh, a book called reconstructing the gospel by, uh, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, who, you know, another Jonathan. So he's, amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. Go ahead. Poor people's campaign. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I read that book and it was really the first time that I started thinking about, um, like the history of, of the religious tradition that I grew up in, in regards to racism, um, mm-hmm. and how, uh, yeah, just how theology and whatnot has played into, um, into these like uh, ways of oppression uh, that mm. I, I never had connected the dots before on that. I certainly, you know, I, I've been a questioner of things for a really long time. Um, but to put those two things together for the first time was pretty mind blowing. And from that point uh, I just started reading um sermons and uh anything i could kind of just find from like google searches um and then other books as well uh that just kind of sparked my curiosity on 
on church on specifically like evangelical, which is, you know, mostly my background. I grew up Southern slash fundamental Baptist. Um, and, uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I started seeking out old sermons, old literature. Like sometimes it was like, could just find like these old pamphlets on like, Mm. uh, like it, not necessarily library of Congress, but there are these like archives out there that you can go and just see scanned copies of, of like little, uh, things that you can read through and you can kind of see what, what pastors and politicians and Christians at that time, uh, were saying to, you know, either be for or against things like slavery or segregation, depending on the time period. Um, and as I started like soaking in all of this material, like uh, I I did what I just kind of do as a songwriter. I started, uh, I came up with this chorus initially, and it was just a very like angry chorus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was just kind of uh, you know I I I threw the name slave owners gospel on it, and uh, and it was this like I wanted it to be this shock and uh, anger, and it I I don't know like it just kind of all those emotions kind of formed its way into a chorus, and then it was. Uh, writing the rest of the song was a lot longer of a process um, because it's such a, such a heavy song with that covers a lot of ground historically and theologically. And um, uh, I just wanted to get it right. So there was a lot, a lot of writing and a lot of rewriting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't know. Oh, I still don't know if I got it right. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, once it's out in the world, it's it's right. It's well, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's something. I don't know if it's right. But. <laughs> I I I think one of the reasons that even just the title before I even heard the song resonated so much with a lot of what we do here at Accidental Tomatoes, um, especially a lot of the work that like Brad Davis has been um, talking about when, when he's been on the podcast, uh, either as a guest or as a co-host, and stuff he's written about when we talk about um, in in our neck of the woods in um, Appalachia, you know, we, we've talked about the company gospel mm-hmm. um, from from the days of, you know, the, the coal mining um, union struggles in, in southern West Virginia and, and southeastern Kentucky, um, that that whole region, you know, that um, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of parallels, I think, with this idea of you know, the slave owner's gospel. And, and I want to unpack a little bit lyrically here in a minute what you talk about there, but also like the way that runs parallel to um, what we have talked about, like the company gospel, yeah. which is just sort of, um, you know, accept your lot in life. Um, you know, it's going to suck in this world, but your reward is in heaven. Um, you know, and that those are kind of the themes you unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting to see those, those parallel tracks. Um, yeah. Anything about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was, um, if y'all have talked about the book on the podcast, uh, but I know that you had specifically recommended to me at some point, the storming heaven novel. Oh yeah. Um, and I, you know, I read that shortly after and I 100% agree with that. There's, uh, so many of the themes, at least in that novel, which is really my only 
connection, you know, to the to the West Virginia coal mining stuff, um, <laughs> being being uh, from Texas. But uh, um, I I could see, you know, I was working on um, this song while I was reading that, you know, I had it mostly complete at that point. Um, and I think maybe you had even already heard like, um, the, uh, an early version of it. And, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, I, I mean that book definitely, I, I started seeing the parallels between these types of things and what was going on at that point, um, in West Virginian, you know, in Kentucky history. And, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, yeah, oppression is oppression, and <laughs> right, so, right, yeah. I, the the parallels are insane. Yeah, I, I've got about sixteen different directions I want to go with this conversation, uh, but but I want to I I kind of want to focus um, something you did that it seemed kind of unique to me anyhow. But when you released the song, you released it with a video, which you know I I know not every artist works that way. A lot of times you release the song first. And then the video lags behind if you're going to do a video even. Um, but it's, it feels like, uh, and, and some of the things I read on your social media when you were releasing it, it feels like it was really important um, that folks had the video accessible as much as the song, like the, because the imagery is so strong. At, at what point in your process did you kind of see that this was more than just a piece of music, that that there needed to be, you know, some visual um or some imagery, I guess, to go along with it. Um, yeah, well, so, uh, so first of all, I guess just to address like, like why I did a music video and the song and the single at the same time. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I, I was, pretty afraid to put this song out honestly um <laughs> because i know that it's gonna step on a lot of toes um but then also like I, the way that i wrote the song and the way that i present the song is in the first person from the from the like perspective and words of of slave owning pastors pastors um supporting segregation and in modern day pastors and the language that they use you know to uh spread the go the gospel i just air quoted the gospel yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know I, I i don't know it's just one of those like because of the way it's sung i do think there's a lot of context that uh just having the visuals i think helps you know um, yeah yeah but then also when we started making the video um me and uh, it's a local nashville animator uh, here named nathan morrow um worked with me on it and he and uh you know i kind of had this storyline so this this also addresses the second question of like, when did I decide visuals was something I wanted to do with it? Yeah. Um, yeah. From, from the very beginning, uh, basically as I started writing the song, specifically the verses, um, 
And I started seeing that the way that it was coming out was very character driven um, in, you know, each verse being a, a specific, you know, fictional pastor that represents, you know, kind of an amalgamation of a lot of the the sermons and whatnot that I had come across. Um, mm-hmm. I just I, I I began to see it visually in my head um, and I and I, I kind of had a lot of ideas. Um, that were much more cinematic or uh, even stage playish um, that I could, that I could see certain things happening. Um, And so from the beginning, like I kind of knew that this was something that I wanted to present in a way that wasn't just audible, um, but it was something that could, that could be seen. Um, because there were like ideas that went along with it that would happen uh, that, you know, <laughs> you just don't get in a, in an audio only performance. Um, but yet, the idea of making like a live action music video that spans this much history, <laughs> like just, <laughs> just like wardrobe alone would break <laughs> any budget that this you know very 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 uh um unknown singer songwriter could possibly have um so uh i yeah i started thinking about animation and i'd never i'd never looked into that before i had no idea what that would cost um what how to even go about it. And so I just started Googling and uh, I guess that's, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff by Google apparently. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, I eventually came across, yeah. uh, Nathan and um, liked a lot of his artwork. um, Wasn't sure if, you know, it would be anything he was interested in. And I, I, I pitched it to him and, and he loved the idea. And honestly, uh, then he brought so much more than what was in my head visually to the story as well. Um, just a lot of, you know, I had a lot of what, what the pastors were saying. And one of the things that he did was he created storylines for the listeners, you know, for the people Mm, who were sitting in the pews of these churches. Um, And, uh, and just kind of enriched the, the story of the song, the story that was in my head. And um, yeah, I remember the first time he sent me uh, the, the like storyboard, you know, of like kind of where right, could yeah. go. And I kind of, I, I teared up a little bit because it was just like taking something that I already thought was powerful that I had written and like showed me that it had so much more potential than even I thought, you know? Uh, yeah. Which I, again, like I, to me, that's one of the amazing things about art in general is, uh, you know, you, when you create something, it it's not limited to what you want it to mean or you want it to say. Um, it's it's a scary part of art, but it's also sure, yeah. But it's also a beautiful but there's part. something, yeah. Isn't there something though about that the collaborative process? Um, 
it, it just always amazes me that, you know, two, two very different people, um, coming at things from two entirely different perspectives can come together and create something. And, and the sum is greater than the parts, you know, the, of the whole, right? Yeah. Um, that the, the way that all, um, the way that all comes together. And yeah, the imagery and the an- animation, um, just adds this. I mean, it's already, you know, I, I listened to the song this morning without the video and I'm like, this is great. I'm really glad I saw it with the video first though, because now that imagery is right. kind of in my head, but man, the, the richness that it adds, the depth of detail yeah. to the story that you're telling. And that, yeah. And, th- and again, that goes, that goes back. Like once, once I saw the finished product of this and uh, of the video, like, I mean, I think I already knew before that, that I was going to release them at the same time, but you know, there's like the, the marketing uh, side right. of you that says, this is not the way you do things. Like you release a single, you, you get a little bit of, uh, of, of, um, traction you know and then yeah a month later you throw out the video and you kind of like get that renewed interest uh and it's this you know this tactic um and and so like first of all i i really just wanted everyone <laughs> to see this video <laughs> um because it was it was beautiful and uh and infuriating all at the same time <laughs> yeah um, yeah and uh and then also like I I've from the very beginning it felt like really odd about just promoting this and uh I don't know like there there's just so much that gets tied in about when you're when you're when you've got a song that is about something as important as this um it is I don't know like I I don't I don't care for the rule book <laughs> Um, yeah 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 because my goal my you know my goal especially for this song i mean but for a lot of the music i make but my goal is just it's not clicks and likes and my goal for the song is that like it makes someone think about it and hopefully um hopefully like moves them into like listening to someone other than me (laughs) about this stuff, (laughs) like who's smarter and, uh, and, and just far more equipped to, (laughs) to like lead on this subject, you know? (laughs) I I mean, I, I get all that. I think you're, you're too humble. No, 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 no. Um, But it is like work like this, I think is, can be, really important conversation starter, right. I think. Um, and, and that's, I guess that was sort of the lens that, that I brought to it when I, when I first heard it and saw it was, you know, what a, what a great, um, what a great introduction it is into this conversation about anti-racism, right? Because it's not just about not being racist. Yeah. It's about actively being anti-racist. And you've talked about that a little bit and in, in um, some of the things you've been posting about the song since it came out too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I forget exactly which one, but one, of, you know, one of the books also that I had read during the writing of the, of this process was, um, Dr. Kendi's how to be an anti-racist, which I know, um, a lot of people have read by now. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And uh, that, you know, that was just one of the things that I really picked up from that book was, uh, was this, I, I, I'm going to butcher, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) what it is, but I I remember specifically uh, this imagery that he talked about having like a peelable name tag uh, that, that was racist or anti-racist. Um, and that in any given moment, like you could look down and be like, Oh no, I'm wearing my racist name tag. Yeah. I yeah. Peel that one off and put the anti-racist one on. Um, or, you know, like it, it's just this thing and it. And to me, it just meant like it was more about action than it was about character judgment. Um, which is something that I think, um, a lot of people get hung up on, um, because you hear the word racist and uh and there is a very like guttural negative thing and and mm-hmm. you feel like someone is uh is making a character judgment like calling you a bad person um and i think that that concept that it that it has more to do with action than than character and or belief um you know gives people the freedom to make decisions um in a moment that that lead to things that are uh against racism you know um Mm -hmm. or against oppression and uh and at the same time it also like allows us to believe that we that we can change you know that we that we're not defined by our beliefs we're not defined you know that we can um in each again in each moment uh you know i i i love process philosophy and uh i (laughs) (laughs) it's hard for me to talk about stuff without uh talking about each moment being like a new opportunity to, yeah, to yeah. Um, you know, live fully into what, uh, if you believe in God, uh, God, you know, a- ask us to live into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I, w- I want to circle back to, to something you'd mentioned earlier about just about the song itself, um, because you kind of, um, you sort of walk through these sort of historical eras or historical types of expressions of racism, you know, and, and the song and the video kind of go through this progression, like from the the era of enslavement. Um, and then the next verse is sort of around Jim Crow, um, that, that type of racism. And then you even, you know, kind of come into sort of modern, um, you know, white nationalism, kind of the, the, the current expressions we have police violence and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, why do, I, I guess uh, this is kind of an unfair question to ask an artist, but <laughs> um, that that particular choice of um, of walking through the historical evolution of racism, where where did that come from um, to just sort of tackle it from that? Does that make sense yeah. um, to tackle it from that point of view? Um, so. Again, it's it's really hard to nail down exactly I, where that came from. I think, you know, maybe some of it came from that, uh, or or at least the ability to see it this way. 
maybe somewhat came from uh, reconstructing the gospel uh, from reading that book. Um, but I know for sure that like, as I would, as I was reading some of the older sermons, um, I was seeing things that, that were familiar to me, you know, that I grew up with Mm -hmm. that, that were wrapped in different language perhaps. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but the, the conclusion, uh, I guess, um, or the effect of it was very familiar to what I had grown up believing. And, uh, and so it was one of those things where, as I like looked into the history of this, I started noticing that, um, there were these threads that, that were just like going through each era Mm, Uh, and, uh, and they were like building either building upon each other or, um, or just like even sometimes remnants of ideas that that stuck around into into like the 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 church building of you know my childhood and uh I think I I wrote somewhere like it maybe doesn't seem blatantly racist anymore but uh but it's there like um And one of the things that I focused on, and I'm sure it's not the only part, but the the main focus of the song is essentially like this theology of the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. um, The idea that like heaven is the ultimate goal and it's the only thing that is important when, you know, all is said and done. Um, And focusing i really tried to like hone in on the arguments that um pastors and apologists uh for slavery and segregation etc were making um that focused on that idea of afterlife um and how they were using that theology to justify slavery to justify segregation um and then and in modern day to just justify allowing things like police violence or, um, or just allowing, you know, in the song, I think in the third verse, it kind of, uh, ends that like the pastor says, and these are things that I've 100% grew up hearing was, um, it, Oh, it doesn't matter if you're suffering because persecution won't get you down because the promise lies in heaven. Um, which is this like very historical Christian idea uh, that yeah, I don't yeah. know that there's anything wrong with that per se. But uh, then at the end of that verse, I kind of like, I sing the subtext that no pastor I grew up with would really ever say, <laughs> uh, which is, but heaven isn't for now. Like yeah, heaven yeah. is this thing that we're all going for. And it's the only thing that matters and we can ignore all sorts of other stuff as long as, uh, we take care of that one, that one in right. goal, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. I, I think for me, that was one of the, that was one of the, the lines that really echoed. And, and it really is kind of that thread, um, you know, that, that kind of ties all those eras together. The promise lies in heaven, but heaven ain't for now. Right. Which is, you know, kind of going back to the, the mind wars, um, you know, the, the holler gospel as our friend Brad likes to talk about, um, that, that kind of theology has been, actively used to oppress human beings, right? Yeah. To say, um, you know, you, you, you've, you've just got to endure this life. Um, you know, God has a plan for you and, and this is your lot in life. I think, you know, we kind of mentioned that before and, um, but your reward, you know, re- your reward is coming, um, which gives people, I mean, it's just an excuse that people use. that gives them license, um, to, to indulge, privilege, you know, to indulge oppression and marginalization of others. And and I don't even know that, um, you know, a lot of times I don't know that it's purposeful. It's, it, it's convenient a lot of times. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes it is, you know, I do think that, I do think that, uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Rick, he, uh, he basically like, I forget the way he put it, but it it was this like seeking theological justification for something that they already wanted. Um, Mm. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I think that that happens sometimes on purpose, sometimes just out of convenience. Um, And other times like, you know, again, going back to the, the idea of heaven, like sometimes you just really believe that that is the most important thing and whatever gets you to that goal, um, you're doing, you're doing the right thing because you're getting someone to that goal. Even if the, the process of getting there is harmful. Right. You know, and I, I, as we're talking about this, it occurs to me, it's the same sort of theology that gets applied to like, um, climate denial, right? Climate change denial. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that th- this, it's, I heard Rob Bell one time, a long time ago, um, refer to it as, uh, I think the term he used was evacuation theology, right? Which has all kinds of layers of meaning. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that idea that, you know, what, what happens here in this life doesn't matter because there's this reward in the afterlife. I think it's that kind of theology that a lot of us, um, who find ourselves in these kind of deconstruction spaces have really had to dismantle, um, because it's so deeply ingrained, especially in, um, American theology, white American theology of the last, you know, three or four centuries. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, it's, it's roots are deeper than that, but, um, but to tell people, you know, who have been good church going folks their whole lives that going to heaven when you die is not really the central point of the gospel. It's, it's just like you just spit on their grandma's grave, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, a hundred percent. It's it, for me, it was not a, an easy, path to go down, you know? I mean, I think I was, by the time I had started writing this song, um, I was well, 
well down the path to where uh, challenging, you know, my grandmother's <laughs> belief system <laughs> was not difficult any longer. But um, but it, it's not easy. You know, the, it is a yeah, painful yeah. road. Um, as you know, anyone who, who goes through what, you know, we like to call deconstruction these days or whatever is, is, is challenging those things. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard and it's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for people to hear it who aren't ready to hear it as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's, I think that's why songs like, um, slave owners gospel are so important. Um, I think it's when, when art can shine a light on those things, right. On those, um, deeply embedded beliefs that you're scared to even question because you've just been, that's what you've been fed your whole life. You know, if you're one of those people that's kind of spent your whole life in, um, in the church or especially in more evangelical sorts of traditions, like, um, sometimes it takes, a really good song or a really good book or a really compelling piece of art to, to open the door up to begin again, you know, to kind of come back to that idea of a conversation starter yeah. to begin giving you permission to ask those questions and have those conversations. Yeah. Agreed. I'm not sure there was a question yeah. embedded in any of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very bad at um, trying to turn. Like if you don't ask me a, a question, I'm just going to, Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bad about like rambling on and, and forgetting that the, uh, there's a question in there that I wanted to ask someone. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just think, uh, again, I just think it's so important, right. Um, that, that we um, create that space for these conversations. And that's, that's why when I heard the song, like I have to get Jonathan back on the podcast um, to talk about this. Cause I think it just speaks directly uh, kind of into the ethos of the accidental tomatoes community, right? That, that we need the space to have these conversations. Yeah. So I really appreciate you creating something that, that helps us do that. Anything else you want to be, we're kind of getting close to the end of, of our time here. Is there anything else oh, um, you want to say about it? Um, um, you know, uh, no, nothing else. I, nothing else I need to say at all. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if, <laughs> if this stuff interests you go, like I said earlier, go, go read and listen to people who are smarter and more, more adept at communicating these types of things. They're out there and they're doing great work already. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, maybe <laughs> listen to my song and watch the video and then, uh, share it with a friend and move on to someone <laughs> who yeah, I mean, really and let it this. honestly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, it really is like it's it's a great place to start the conversation. So, um, well, I'll have links to you know your website and um, the the video itself in the show notes. Um, so, Jonathan, just once again, in case folks you know didn't hear you before or or need a, a refresher, where can people find you on the internet? How can folks connect with you um, both to hear you know this new song as well as some of the other stuff that you've got out there? Yeah. Um- the best place is in the show notes for this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Click the link. Click the link. Um, <laughs> because you'll never spell my name. Um, my, But if you just uh, search the letter J, J, and then D-E-W-V-E-A-L-L, J Duval. It's pronounced Duval, but it's spelled strange. Um, you can find me out there, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. Um 
Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like I said earlier, I, I love having conversations about this stuff and I host monthly ones about everything from racism to uh, religion to uh, mental health, et cetera. And I, you know, I, we've, me and the, the small group of people who join me on these things, like we really get into the weeds on it and it's a lot of fun. So if you are the type of person who likes conversations about difficult things, um, head over to my website and just connect with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my friend, thanks again um, for, for what, for being a friend of the podcast for, for, for your friendship as we've kind of gotten to know each other over these last several months. Um, texting back and forth and talking about these important topics. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, uh, especially again with, with kind of short notice um, and and really, really appreciate this piece of work you've put out into the world. So thank you. So thanks for all of that. Yeah, no, thank you. slave in America than an African free It was God's great providence that brought your soul to me So you could know the truth of Jesus Christ the risen King And you'll go to heaven when you're done working for me Protect the peace of our God's creation plan.